Blog Talk Radio. Get ready to Glamour Fearless with Diva Talk Radio. Hello, Divas. Welcome to our special edition of Diva Talk Radio, a show dedicated to women living with, at risk, and affected by diabetes. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Medic, and I'm on a quest to glamorize good health. Relax, sit back, and get inspired, because tonight I have a special episode of my Diva Talk Radio. I'm turning the spotlight on one of America's favorite doctors, Dr. Noel McLaren, for a half-hour intensive interview for the Divas to find out more about what, how an endocrinologist can affect your diabetes care, be part of your entourage, and hear from Dr. McLaren himself about how he's helping women in New York City as well as the rest of the country to stay healthy and upbeat about their care. Now remember, if you have any questions or you want to chat with me or Dr. McLaren during this next half hour, please call in on our Diva digits, which are 347 215-8551, and feel free to visit our website throughout the show, that's divabetic.org. You could watch videos, play games, check out our calendar listings, or take advantage of some great diva-sized discounts. Now, this is exciting for me, Mr. Divabetic, to get up close and personal with a doctor, and it's kicking off my whole new series of Diva Talk Radio in the Spotlight. Uh, tonight I'm talking to Dr. McLaren, who is the founder of BioSeq Endocrinology Clinics, a New York-based practice which treats diabetes, obesity with patients of all ages. He's a recipient of several awards and honors, and Dr. McLaren is a member of the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation and the, Omega, the Alpha Omega Alpha Medical Society. Dr. McLaren, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm sorry? Thank you for having me. Well, you know, you're really a diva of um, doctors because you've already had several great reviews. Over the weekend, I was kind of going around the websites checking out what your patients have said about you, and I have two great reviews I'd like to read. One is, uh, one of the women said, I have seen Dr. McLaren for 10 years. He is an excellent doctor, a respected medical scientist, and a kind, selfless person. Many times he has personally called me over the weekend to give me updates and advice. And your second amazing review is, Dr. Noel McLaren has been my physician for several years. He takes care to spend time and listen to my concerns. He addresses my symptoms in a manner that is to my utmost satisfaction. I consider Dr. McLaren to be one of the most caring and thorough physicians I have ever encountered. I am blown away by these uh, reviews, and I just want to know, how is it possible in today's world that you have this old-school approach to being a doctor? Well, well, in my day, uh, most um, people took on medicine to help people. So that was the reward in itself. And now, uh, in my later years, I haven't um, haven't grown out of that. Um, patients uh, teach doctors a great deal about the medicine that they are practicing. 
And what is your normal uh, patient, like how would you describe your patient population? Do you see more men or women, or are you seeing both adults and children? Can you just give us a little background? Sure. We're an eclectic practice, so we take care of children and adults equally. So in families where many members of the family have have the same problem because it's genetic, they can all come uh, to the clinic to be seen. Uh, men, men and women, about uh, probably equally represented. So maybe 60% adults I see versus uh, about 40% children, something like that. And we both uh, we we have a friend in common who's a patient of yours who also works with me on diabetic. Um, she was living with pre-diabetes, and you have a really interesting approach to how you handle someone with pre-diabetes. Can you first tell me? What, um, how you would define prediabetes, and then talk to me a little bit about your kind of aggressive approach to how you treat someone with prediabetes. Right. So, um, talking about pre-type two diabetes rather than type one. Mm-hmm. So, type two diabetes grows out of a genetic background where an individual is really born with a body that is resistant to the insulin that they make, and then. As the years uh, go by, the body compensates by overproducing insulin. That's great because it keeps the blood sugars normal. It's not great because the high insulin levels uh, make a person very good at making uh, fat on their bodies. So it also disturbs appetite control, amongst uh, other things, and sometimes a hormonal imbalance. And um, eventually, as many years go by, the capacity to overstreet insulin begins to go down, and then a person actually develops type 2 diabetes. So we see patients all along this pathway, um, and that uh, type 2 diabetes is not a great disease uh, to have, and we, we do everything we can to reverse the process. So the treatment in the early going is to um, eat small meals often and get regular exercise, which lowers the insulin levels, which makes a person be less good at gaining weight and getting into trouble um, in later later life. So wait, just to recap, because I know a lot of people are going to be confused a little bit by this. Someone with prediabetes might not be showing... Um, a difference or a variable on their blood glucose readings, but you, being having an endocrinology uh, practice, might come across one of these people with prediabetes. They come to see you, and then you kind of you do have an aggressive an aggressive approach because I know a lot of people who have prediabetes uh, go to their general practitioners and are told, "Come back and see me two years, a year from now, we'll see what's going on." You, in the one case I know about really became aggressive with the medications as well as you mentioned the diet and also their fitness regime. Right. So there's a stage before in this pathway that is outlining that a person, um, their blood sugars begin to go up, not uh, maybe at a level that we would say is, is finally at diabetes but is clearly nudging that line. That's what many people call uh, uh, pre-diabetes, and so the treatment is to ward off that outcome 
uh, by daily exercise of at least uh, 40 minutes a day, mm-hmm. uh, walking, swimming mm-hmm. uh, will do, or lifting weights, and second of all, to be on an uh, aggressive, low-carbohydrate diet, something, a diet that will uh, cause the lowest levels of blood insulin. And this is a diet very restricted in simple carbohydrates. So you also give medication to improve insulin sensitivity and uh, dull appetite. And those three pillars, um, you can have dramatic uh, reversals in the process and uh, move move away from the line of type 2 diabetes. And do you find that people are very receptive to this aggressive approach who are pre-diabetes? Yes, I generally uh, do. I think that um, uh, people are usually self-selected, perhaps, before they uh, come to see me, often, though, about some some tangential problem. But when this is uh, explained, I think people need to understand why these things are happening to them, uh, that they uh, join in with a, with a program, and generally we have uh, very good results. Now, I know some of this uh, insulin resistance kind of affects in a woman's appearance, which might be the reason or the catalyst for why she comes to see you in the first place. So what would be a symptom that you would see in a woman's appearance that would be uh, telling you she has insulin resistance? Yeah, and that's a great suggestion. So I just had a patient whose mother and a child uh, recognized increased pigmentation about the neck and under the uh, arms. It's, uh, it's the thickening of the skin, usually with increased pigmentation, called acanthosis. Mm-hmm. So this, is, uh, this can be a cosmetic um, issue, and it can accumulate around the eyes. So a lot of um, uh, uh, people who get pigmentation, they're thought to be racial. It is, in fact... Um, uh, one of the expressions of being insulin resistant. There are others as a hormonal imbalance. This can lead to a hair loss, head, head hair loss, or it can lead to acne, which is difficult to control, or it can lead to unwanted uh, hair, such as on the chin and uh, around the uh, uh, neck and so on. And at a younger age, um, women can develop um, uh, really striking uh, red linear uh, marks on their body called uh, striae, which can be cosmetically a problem when, when uh, going to the beach and, and so on. Are, are these treatable? I mean, can you reverse somewhat? Like, I, I have seen the, um, the darkness around the neck. I've also seen people with the chronic, like, dark circles under their eyes. Is that right. something that... Uh, do once they begin treatment and they find out they're insulin resistant, is the treatment able to cure that, or is that something that they just have to deal with from going uh, forward? No, very often these lesions improve with an improvement in insulin resistance. So it may take six months or eighteen months or so, but there is a gradual uh, lessening of uh, of this uh, uh, problem with, with the correct treatment. 
And how is their self-confidence? Because I would imagine any woman who's experiencing any of these symptoms from, like you said, unwanted facial hair to hair loss to even those discolorations would probably have a low self-confidence. And then, you know, you're, um, again, educating them about, first of all, finding out that they're now insulin resistant and now they have to begin a treatment plan. I'm just wondering, how do you, Dr. McLaren, since you seem by the reviews, to be so caring and thorough with these patients, get that mental turnaround in these women and men? Well, for women, of course, as as you well know, appearance is a very important uh, commodity. And so my uh, uh, thrust is, of course, their uh, health and physical well-being. But uh, as long as women understand how the dots are connected, then uh, this is an entire program. We can uh, usually help uh, in lots of ways. For example, besides dealing with the prime cause of insulin resistance, we, can all, we also have a number of remedies to, uh, to deal with the outcome, like the hormonal imbalance. So unwanted hair, uh, for example, there are a number of medications available to block androgenic binding or hormonal binding to hair which will uh, dramatically decrease uh, the amount of of hair accumulating. Similarly, um, such a hormonal blocking therapy can restore uh, lush hair growth uh, where hair had been falling out by the handfuls and improve things like acne. I mean, I'm kind of blown away how much treatment there is available, and I, we're going to take a short, brief uh, break in two seconds, and then I want to get back and find out uh, who's a perfect candidate to see an endocrinologist like yourself, like to tell us what kind of patients should be looking to add an endocrinologist to their entourage. But right now we're going to find out what's happening in the diabetic diabetes community this month. Hello, Divas and Friends. G.B. O'Brien here with your monthly Diva discounts and dates. This month, our friend Connie Elder, who's all over QVC these days, offers 40% off the Underology Skin Care line. Go to our website, www.divabetic.org, click on the coupon, and use the code DIVATALK. Next Tuesday, 6 p.m., it's the Diabetes Roundtable Show. On tap, another great lineup of guest educators, real divas, hot topics, and the popular diabetes numerology game segment. On September 21st, 11 a.m. to 12 noon, it's our free webinar, How to Build Your Healthcare Entourage. Register at divabetic.org. Finally, Mr. Divabetic hits the road to present Divabetic The View. Meet him on the 22nd at Beth Israel Medical Center in New York City or the 25th at Memorial Regional Hospital in Hollywood, Florida. I'm out of time, so I'll pass the BOA and talk the program back to Mr. Diva Bedick. All right, and we're back with my special guest of the hour, half hour, Dr. Noel McLaren, and you're listening to Diva Talk Radio, our spotlight edition. Uh, right before that little break, Dr. McLaren, we were talking about endocrinologists, why they're important to a healthcare entourage. We like to tell our patients to build an entourage. So please tell me, what kind of people should be seen in endocrinologists who are affected by diabetes? That are affected by diabetics, uh, diabetes. Well, I think all diabetics should diabetes. Type 1, type 2? They all should be looked after by an endocrinologist. 
And how do the hormones affect your diabetes? Because it's just... For some people out there, I'm going to have a webinar next month. We're going to be explaining a lot of these doc, what it, what specific doctors do and their definitions. So can you just give us a little, uh, tell me a little bit about what an endocrinologist is doing and how they're treating someone with diabetes? Right, well, an uh, endocrinologist deals with um, uh, hormones. There are a large number of glands in the body that uh, produce uh, different kinds of uh, hormones, so endocrinologists usually deal with all of them. Diabetes is a group of uh, of about 85 different disorders that affect um, abnormal elevations of blood sugar. But in general, uh, diabetes is in two kinds of flavors. One, a person can't produce enough insulin. That's type 1 diabetes. Um, that occurs about equally for the first time in adults as well as children, which is not really well understood. Um, and second, type 2 diabetes, which is about 10 times uh, more common in the community. And type 2 diabetes is where a person has developed resistance to insulin, has gone through a period of over-secreting insulin to maintain uh, normalcy in blood sugar, but then uh, uh, that, as that begins to fail, then type 2 diabetes breaks out. So type 2 diabetes also affects uh, cholesterol, uh, metabolism, and is very often associated with high blood pressure. So in many ways, um, although type 1 diabetes needs to be treated with insulin and sounds more severe, type 2 diabetes is a multi-system uh, disorder which is um, more difficult in the long run to uh, successfully treat. And you just brought up an interesting point for me. Um, I was just recently had an outreach event and was talking to a lot of uh, women living with type 2 diabetes and there seems to be a, um, many have a needle phobia. They don't like needles. So the idea of putting someone with type 2 on insulin seems to be a difficult scenario. I'm wondering how do you solve that and get someone who might hate the idea of a needle to uh, go on insulin or even use Bietta? Well, I think uh, I think in, uh, intelligent people need to be given the uh, facts unambiguously. And if they are, um, I think most of uh, the patients I encounter accept what I'm saying is, uh, as uh, are valid and uh, 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 learn to give themselves by it or uh, insulin. I can't, I, I actually in many years can't recall a patient <laughs> who flat out refused to take uh, insulin or by it that I had uh, recommended. Um, but uh, of course, uh, some may balk initially until they understand. I, uh, either of these things is a fairly trivial matter. Well, you know, and I just cheated because I had a question. I'm going to go into my diva mailbag. I asked divas from around the country to submit questions for you tonight. And a, a diva from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wanted to know what this drug called Bietta is and how is it helpful for treating someone with diabetes and prediabetes. So we mentioned the name twice. What is Bietta, Dr. McLaren? Yeah, Bietta is... Uh, uh, an analog of uh, hormone that's produced in the intestine. So the 
hormone is called glucagon-like peptide 1. So uh, when somebody eats a sandwich, there's a secretion of this hormone that goes into the blood and stimulates the pancreas to begin uh, secreting insulin to stop the blood sugar rising. So um, Vieta is an analog of this hormone, glucagon-like peptide 1. So what it does is to delay uh, the uh, gastric emptying or the way in which the stomach uh, mm-hmm. uh, empties its food into the, into the intestine. B, it secretes uh, uh, insulin. And often people with pre-type 2 diabetes or type 2 diabetes are lacking uh, sufficient amounts of this hormone. So uh, the uh, bonus for using the drug Bieta is that patients also uh, lose weight. There is a satiety um, a signaling that, uh, that occurs from this hormone. So Bieta will lower the blood sugar in a, a person with type 2 diabetes. In a person with pre-type uh, 2 diabetes uh, will very often cause significant weight loss and improved insulin secretion. And you you do prescribe this drug to several of your patients, correct? Hundreds of them. You do, and you have seen that weight that substantial weight loss in patients. Yes, I think you know one of those people. I I actually do, but I wanted to hear you say it. All right, we're going to reach into the mailbag again, Dr. McLaren. And if you just tuned in, you're listening to Dr. Noel McLaren, one of the leading doctors in the country, and he's right here in New York City, home of Divabetic. Um, I've got a question from a diva in Texas. I could only check my blood glucose once a day due to my lack of insurance coverage. The strips are just too expensive. When do you recommend that I check? Well, um, uh, probably at different times on on different days. It is a problem, so I presume the individual who called is talking about type 2 diabetes. Uh, um, Two kinds of information we'd like to get from the blood sugar. One is what, it's, what the blood sugars are pre-meal. So mm-hmm. one, one day you might want to check it before breakfast um, or, or do that two or three days to get an idea about how the blood sugars are at that time and occasionally before lunch and occasionally before dinner um, so that we can get a picture of uh, built up over a period of time about how the blood sugars are throughout the day. So kind of stagger your your checking throughout the week and then kind of compare those notes so that at the end of the week you would have like a, a portfolio, so to speak, of blood glucose values that could give you more information. Yeah, so it might be built up over a month. If you had one, you had 30 blood sugars that you could do in a month to do them at different times so one can see in a matrix how the blood sugars are really... Um, uh, throughout the day, so one then can adjust uh, one's treatment accordingly. All right. Well, we've got time for one more question, and this one's from Hollywood, Florida. I'm going to be there next at the end of the month, so this is kind of great. Dr. McLaren, is agave nectar a good sugar substitute in your opinion? It is. It's an excellent substitute. However, um, I w- and I have no reservations about it, um, stevia, 
is um, a good natural substitute. But um, I think there's a lot of um, innuendos on the um, on the uh, web about uh, sugar substitutes which are not natural. And um, uh, uh, of all of them that are out there, I have very little. Uh, concern about um, about any of them actually well what that brings up a point though about this confusion that you're talking about where do you recommend people go on the web to get information because today you know so many people are going to the web to get medical information do you have any favorite sites that you recommend um, I, I don't and uh, I'm <laughs> at the process of, of uh, compiling a book because I think the the information is uh, fragmented, nuanced, depending on um, you know what's the what's the intent of whoever authored it, and sometimes uh, you know flat flat out uh, wrong and misleading. So, like anything that one reads on the web, one needs to you know to uh, uh, be careful about uh, the source of the information. That it's on the web doesn't necessarily mean it's valid. Uh, one needs to look at uh, the reference and what was the original, original um, uh, um, where did the original information actually come from. So when patients come to you with this information, you recommend that they bring the information to you so you could see what the source was and then you could talk, do you talk about it with your patients? I'm I sure they, they must approach you about some things they're reading today. Yes, so many people come in with what Dr. Oz said yesterday. Right. Um, and so on. So uh, naturally, we won't have a dialogue about uh, the patient's patient's health care to a doctor is, um, is uh, a tandem uh, group effort so that the patients and the doctors participate um, equally. Well, and you just mentioned another thing that is exciting for Diva Talk Radio because we're all about, you know, new releases and, and breaking news. You just mentioned you're going to be coming out with a book. So give us a sneak peek about what this book's going to be, and uh, we'll have to have you back to talk about it. I believe I know your co-author. <laughs> right. Well, look, the, this uh, book is about women and their hormones. But very often... Um, uh, we're dealing with things that are misunderstood, and so um, there is a sort of endocrine space being filled by uh, uh, by less than creditable uh, people, especially in the cosmetic uh, kind of era, the things that we were talking about earlier. And um, that's uh, that's annoying and disappointing, and that uh, we'd like to have an authoritative. Uh, counter to that, so that women could look up um, a topic such as hair loss or unwanted hair gain to understand what are the possible uh, causes of that, who are the people they should be consulting with, and what kinds of therapies, of course, are available. And what is your current website right now if people wanted to find out? Because I'm wrapping up the show. So what is what website would you like people to go to, Dr. McLaren? It's called www.bioseekclinics.com. And we'll be posting it on our website. Well, I want to thank you for being my first guest on Diva Talk Radio Spotlight. It's my special edition program. 
I'm going to have to have you back because there was, I wanted to talk about women around the globe and how they're affected by diabetes. So I hope you're able to join us again and, and talk a little bit about more about how different cultures are affected by diabetes. We didn't get to cover that tonight. But thank you, Dr. McLaren, for spending the half hour with us. And I want to thank my listeners. I want to tell everyone to take advantage of the 40% discount we have right now from Andrology Skin Care on divabetic.org. I also want to remind you, if you tuned in late, you could listen to this whole show in its entirety at blogtalkradio.com slash divatalkradio1 or just go to divabetic.org and click on the radio button and you'll, this show will pop up. Also, don't miss me next week because next Tuesday night, September 14th at 6 p.m., I'm going to be back with my regular Diva Talk, my regular Diva Talk radio show featuring the Charlie's Angels of Diabetes Outreach. That's three of the sexiest, smartest educators in the world. Plus, I'm going to have a real-life diva. I've got a makeup expert on hand to give us some advice, and I've got special prizes. And also in September... I am going to be doing Mr. Divabetic's free webinar with a WOW series, and we're going to be talking about building your own healthcare entourage. And I think we're going to be finding out how to add someone like Dr. McLaren to our team so that you could have the best possible life and stay healthy and upbeat. So if you want to be part of that webinar, it's on Tuesday, September 21st from 11 to 12 p.m., Space is limited. You need to reserve your spot, and you could go to my website, divabetic.org, and find out how to register now. And I just want to say thank you. This is Mr. Divabetic reminding you that every diva needs an entourage, and I am so glad to be part of yours. Let's stay healthy together. <laughs>